0: Hey, it's your old pal, Slim, and this is 70 Millimeter, a podcast for film lovers just like you. Every Monday, I chat about recently watched movies with my close friend and artist, Danny Haas.
1: What Patreon tier can we do to get proto-traumatic experience?
0: (laughs) And our spiritual advisor and movie insider, Perlexis. Yeah, I, I mean I don't I
2: don't browse any streaming service. I think that's like psychotic at this point.
0: Our featured discussion later in this episode is my pick for Haunt Vember. His House from Remy Weeks streaming right now on Netflix. Is this a haunted house movie with more than meets the eye or are these themes of trauma and grief no fun in a horror movie? Let's find out together.
2: Let's just let's just get into it. Oh my God, have you guys ever heard of the Criterion Closet? <laughs> Talk to me. Uh, this is—I mean, maybe this is like a sacred place.
1: Yeah, cinephile really.
2: mecca. And not—they don't just let anyone. You can't just like walk into the Criterion headquarters in New York City and just go in there. You need to be invited. Mm. You know, you need to be somebody. And um, someone on the show was there this week. Because he's a somebody.
0: He's a somebody. Everyone is a somebody. I'm no bigger or better than anyone. I'm a, I'm just a regular Joe, okay? First of all, I can picture Proto practicing this little intro. He's got like his little <laughs> number two pencil, and he's licking it before he puts it down in his moleskin. <laughs> what was it like? Tell us. Oh boy! I went to New York City, the <sighs> Big Apple, this past when was it? I don't remember. <laughs> My God, what day is it? Last week to see some Letterbox crew. I saw Gemma in person for the first time. Saw Flynn in person for the first time, and uh, it was one of the festivals. Which one was it? New York Film Festival was happening, the so F. we figured let's do some let's do some things while we're in the city, the windy city. Nope. And Criterion <laughs> was one of those <laughs> things. You know, they have these like video series where they have like creators and filmmakers come in. I'm not saying we did that. Uh, we did our own thing. But like you mm. can see the Criterion closet like on YouTube. Um, Proto's boy was just there. Kyle McLaughlin. Kyle. What an app. He, oh, he, he just did his own uh, video there. So we went up there. I didn't really have any expectations. We were going to like film some stuff for TikTok, IG Reels, that sort of thing. These young, this, the the big hot stuff. And we walked in there and man, their office is gorgeous. They got these beautiful framed posters up everywhere. Uh just real briefly, we walked to get a drink of water and like, you know, all their gorgeous Criterion posters obviously are framed up on the walls. <laughs> and then we went into the The Criterion closet. And it legit is is a closet. It's like a broom closet. It's not that big. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a broom closet with shelves and their entire Criterion collection. And for those that don't know, it's, you know, Criterion puts out their own DVDs or Blu-rays or 4Ks of movies they add to the Criterion collection. You know, the best of the best gets added Mm -hmm. to the Criterion. As our former producer has his own show about the Criterion, the Cynonauts, but it was rad. They had every in-print movie on the shelf. The first thing I asked, of course, was,
1: mm.
0: is Robocop here? Do you have Robocop? <laughs> Show
1: print Robocop.
0: <laughs> and um, Valeria, I believe her name was, who produces the video series, was like, no, we only have in-print uh, editions. And I was like, oh, all right, see God you later. Gosh. Bye. <laughs> um, but it was pretty cool. Very That's lucky awesome. to have been invited to the Criterion offices. A lot of fun great office to work at. They had a nice little kitchen set up with plants everywhere. Jenna would have loved it, Proto.
2: Goodness. Mm. They have like a coffee rate. there? Just grab a coffee?
0: Not at all jealous. Listen, I'm just like everyone else. We all put our pants on one leg at a time huh? in the morning. Our joggers, if you prefer. I wear shorts. I'm wearing joggers right now. Sweats.
2: <laughs> Proto, did you watch any movies this week? I did. I watched last week, if anyone listened to the app, I watched The Addiction, um, which is a vampire movie. And I, um, you know, I I kind of decided that this October, I just wanted to watch a bunch of vampire movies. Uh, and I had a few on my watch list. So uh, I just started tearing through them. I watched three vampire movies this Holy week. Holy cow, I French. I watched, uh, let's see. The first one yeah. I watched was... Uh, Thirst, which is uh, Park Chan-wook's movie from 2009. Uh, The director of Old Boy and The Handmaiden. Um, I don't think I've seen any of his movies. So I think this is my first Chan-wook movie. Mm. And um, it it was something else. I'll tell you that much. I gave it three stars, um, but it has... Let's see who is this guy. It's the guy who uh, the the father from Parasite song, oh, Kang Ho. Okay, uh, and he is just in, incredible in it. He's the lead. He plays a priest um, who uh, I do not really want to give it away. It's kind of it's it's a little different than just like a typical vampire story, um, but uh, very cool. Uh, I enjoyed that. Uh, and then I watched two other vampire movies. I watched The Hunger, mm. which was uh Tony actually Tony Scott's first uh directorial feature.
1: Really? What?
2: Uh, yeah, it's his first movie, and this movie is friggin' gorgeous. Um it's on HBO Max. I gave it four stars. Uh it's it's just dripping with style. Uh it stars uh Catherine. Uh, How do you pronounce her last name? Denevin... Close. It was close. Maybe I'm close. Uh, It stars her. (laughs) Uh, David Bowie and Susan Sarandon. Excuse me. Yes. Susie Sarandon's in this. um, And it's fantastic. A fantastic movie. Um, Maybe more of what people say is, you know, it's a vibe.
1: Yeah.
2: Hmm. Um, But it has... uh, the 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 main thread of it is that um the one vampire is been alive for uh like probably over like 500 years and then david bowie's um character is he he is like her mate but mm. he um after a few hundred years he starts to age uh suddenly um and he's seeking a way to um stop that process from happening So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a little different. And I I love it. You know, I, of course there's Dracula. Everyone loves Dracula. Um, But any Dracula movie, it's kind of like, I'm, you're so familiar with the story Mm -hmm. that you want something different. And all of these movies that I watched, you know, it's like a different take on the vampire story. And uh, the last one that I watched, uh, I watched the other day, which is A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, which is a more recent uh, vampire movie from 2014. Um and I think I think last week, Danny, you said I should watch this. Yeah. And I had it on my watch list for a while. And um, but when you said that, and just like the way you talked about it, I was like, man, I really have to, you know, fire it up. So I put it on, and yeah, it's it's another gorgeous movie. Like the cinematography in this is incredible. It's black and white, but man, every shot is just amazing. Crazy. Most of it's in the at um, a lot of it's shot at night, of course. Um, but just the black and white at night. There's, there's, I don't know. There's like some effects that are done on like the lights. I don't, I don't know what the technical term is for it, but it's like everything like looks kind of blurry mm-hmm. with a lot of the lighting. I don't know if it's like overexposed or or what that would be called. But um, it it was it was gorgeous, and I and it was everything that I could could have wanted from uh, you know a vampire movie. Uh, I, the one thread through all these movies that I realized is that. A lot of people with these movies, they call them like a vibe. Like the story is almost <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like loosey goosey. Yeah, yeah, it's like they kind of yeah. write these movies, but they're not really sure how to end them necessarily, or what to even do with them entirely. But it it kind of works, I guess, with with these with these movies. At least the ones that I've watched. So I think that was like the main thread I came away with all of those. Um, but I'm having a great time. This is this is shaping up to be a fantastic October for me. What do you
1: have next? What's your plans?
2: <laughs> Listen, I just want to say, Proto is picking
0: later in the show, and he's done three vampire movies this week.
2: Well, you and, know what? I'll be honest with you. Every single one of these that I watched, I thought, should I not log this and just pick <laughs> this movie? <laughs> we're actually talking to the director of A Girl Walks
0: Home Alone at Night on Letterboxd show soon anna Lily Amarapour
2: oh I saw I saw you logged Mm -hmm. uh, her her most most recent movie Mm -hmm. interesting Mm -hmm. anything you'd like to say (laughs) I I really liked uh, A
0: Girl Walks Home Alone at Night also I love that scene where you first see her kind of just like listening to music dancing just vibing Oh my god. Yeah. Her, her, her
2: also her like cape that like goes over yeah. her her shroud or what like that. Man, what a, a so effective, like so simple, but mm-hmm. I think it's like iconic. Yeah. Mm. It's amazing. It
0: is. It really the poster, I think Dandy even said it somewhere. I mean, all-time poster.
1: Literally the reason I watched it was because of seeing that poster. I'm like, I got to watch this movie
0: now. But Great she... poster. How about when she spits that finger out. <laughs> <laughs> Disturbing. When her fangs
2: come out for the first yeah, time.
0: Yeah, yeah yeah. God. yeah, 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 yeah. Fang me. Was that it? Was that all your watches?
2: Um, I did I did sneak in a, a non- uh horror movie into my watch. Uh oh, no. P- Moonfall. Oh no. I forgot Moonfall about this. Uh is now streaming on HBO Max. And when I saw I've been waiting for this to come out, uh, you know, this directed by my boy Roland Emmerich. Uh, uh, human, uh, planet earth catastrophe, uh, tour some would call him, mm. and uh, <laughs> trainer chess as a different kind of horror. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think you guys should watch this movie. This really? movie is a ton of fun. I, yeah, uh, I gave it three stars. I thought it was loads of fun. Like, I, I think James would love this movie. Um, he's wanted to watch it. I brought it up to him recently, but he
0: couldn't find the time.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, you know, this suffers from like a lot of these popcorn blockbuster movies where it's just too long. There's like padding in it. I think it's you know it's over two hours long. It could have easily been ninety minutes. Um, and you know a lot of it's like not that worthwhile. But what they do at the end, of, like the last act of this movie, is so cool. Um, I, I was like blown away by. The direction it went in, and it, like a lot of people have said that in their reviews, and I won't, I don't want to like give too much away, but I think it's the Moon Falls. Yeah, that. <laughs> and yeah, you don't want to spoil <laughs> moonfall. It does something else as well, um, and it's just really cool. There's a like, I I think like the design that they have, like uh, with the you know the the art that uh, they came up with this is just like really incredible and just really imaginative. So I think it's worth watching. Look at, I just went through Roland Emmerich's.
0: Filmography. Look at the poster of this Moon 44 movie from 1990. It's pretty cool. I got a click.
1: I got a click. Hold on. Oof. Oh,
0: wow. The mineral resources of Earth are drained in space. There are fights for the last deposits on other planets and satellites.
1: Is that me on the poster? Malcolm McDowell. Let's go. It does look like you. What the hell? What the? <laughs> My this God. This fit the whole time. Enhance. <laughs> Someone zoom in on that. That's Frodo. I'm going
0: to puke.
1: Ew.
0: Um, I remember seeing the day after tomorrow in theaters, and that was an event. Mm-hmm. Didn't like Jake Gyllenhaal walk from like Pennsylvania to Washington in that movie, or something like that, or his dad <laughs> Dennis Quaid to save him. Some I don't nutty stuff that
1: movie. I know I saw it. Sam,
0: nutty stuff. I remembered what I was going to say earlier. It was going to oh. be some kind of. <laughs> Oh, we're, I'll, I'll edit it out, but it was going to no, be go an ahead. NFT joke for David oh. Bowie. <laughs> Jesus. The king of NFT, David Bowie. <laughs> that, edit that, please. <laughs> Should we talk about, well, first of all, our episode is about his house. It's Vember. We're going to talk about my pick later in the show. It's on Netflix. Horror movie. And I was looking up V'ger, the supercomputer who loves movies. That Is Proto... still
1: alive? Yeah, l- that still work? L-
0: let me get to this in just one moment. <laughs> oh, I was looking up V'ger to see the average rating of our supporters. You know, Proto built this thing that has everyone who supports us, all their letterboxes powered in there. I can see the average rating of a movie. Um, the last time V'ger was updated... <laughs> If I, Jurassic World Dominion. Oh my God. That's what killed it. Hmm. V'ger never recovered. (laughs) V'ger went into a a comatose (laughs) state after that recording.
1: It's on low power mode right now.
2: Um, I'm, uh, V'ger will return. (laughs) (laughs) And dude, when the moment is right, V'ger will be updated and will, will rise again. From the ashes of Jurassic World, that trilogy (laughs) that killed it. Another casualty from Jurassic World,
0: Vigil. Still a casualty. Well, anyway, the average rating of our supporters for his house is 3.88. I was curious to see what it was at. So Hmm. almost at four. What will we think? We'll see. You know? Next pilot episode. I feel like I'm talking a lot, but- Keep talking. we, We did a poll- about what our next pilot episode should be. I felt sick. <laughs> <laughs> we, we put it to a vote. In the past, you know, we said we'd never do another vote again. Yeah. Never in the history of this show will we ever do another vote. But we, we crunched the numbers. We found a new way to do a vote.
1: But we're liars. Where,
0: where, <laughs> where people can't scam us <laughs> and scam each other into shifting of a vote um so if you're not aware pilot season we do the pilot episodes of shows for supporters as special bonus episodes and we put it to a poll to see what people wanted us to cover so we put out five options band of brothers was one option never seen it no neither have i wow seinfeld smallville (sighs) my god sex and the city Infamously okay. covered for six months on the Synanauts podcast. Uh, the same pilot. Nothing gets proto <laughs> as riled up as talking about sex in the city in the Cynonauts podcast. Talk about suicide. Talk <laughs> about trying to kill yourself. <laughs> and finally, The Sopranos. So of those five options... Everyone could vote. They could not change their vote, nor could they see the live results of the poll. And we were pretty pleased with that, to be yeah, honest. That's great. It felt great. <laughs> <laughs> felt <real bad. laughs> so uh, let's see. Um, Prada, have you looked at the results? Do you want to guess to see what, like, how Seinfeld did in, in the poll?
2: What percentage of the pie? Um, I haven't looked, I think, since the first day. I'm going to say Seinfeld is around maybe 20%.
0: I don't think Seinfeld wow. is going to win. You think Seinfeld's going
2: to win? No, I don't. Oh,
0: definitely not. Danny, any uh, so guesses? Seinfeld's in
1: the teens. Maybe
0: 17%. Forrest in chat. The secret Villager channel was almost entirely about the nature of the vote, not the actual shows. So maybe the, vers- the worst vote we've ever had? Yeah. It's a lot of votes for it being the worst vote. That's certainly one opinion, Forrest, but the the uh, responses say otherwise. It's an opinion of someone who didn't vote. <laughs> you know, not vo- our country not voting is what got us 2006, Forrest, okay? Or was 2006? it 2016? 2016. <laughs> 2016, Forrest. 2006 okay? is beyond, Forrest. <laughs> 2016. Uh, Seinfeld got 21% of the vote. Ooh, 21%. Yeah. Uh, the loser of the poll, Sex and the City with 10%. The losers. Sex and the City's finished in terms of this poll. Oh, I'm sorry. How? Many? No, 7%. My oh. God, even worse. Wow. My gosh. Smallville had 14.5% of the vote. Uh, and the winner of the poll with nearly 40% is The Sopranos.
2: 40%. There it is. Yeah. So The Sopranos is our next up. Which I haven't seen. I have never, never seen, seen an, seen an ep- episode of Sopranos. I've
1: only
0: seen the pilot. So, there's that. I'm excited. Are you? Band of Brothers was 18.1%. <sighs> was no one wants second place more. for a little bit. So, supporters. Sopranos upcoming soon. Danny, what about you? What did you watch?
1: Uh, I watched one movie, a uh, big one. I checked off my list for Halloween. I watched uh, John Carpenter's *The Fog*
0: for the first time. Oh hell yeah! Uh,
1: and I've been wanting to watch it for a while. I was kind of hoping it'd be picked for the show at some point, but I, I didn't. I didn't wait anymore. Uh, hell yeah! Incredible movie. I, I had a great time watching. I'm, I'm starting to find out like the '80s horror is my favorite uh, time for horror mm-hmm. movies. Uh, I'm having a great time, but, uh, the instant I saw this lady having her own radio station in the top of a lighthouse while also doing lighthouse duties, I was in love already. Like this is, Mm -hmm. that was like, I want this as a dream job. Yeah. Find me
0: a lighthouse in Florida and I'm going to do it. Oh my God. Uh, being like a disc jockey. Right. Playing songs. Oh Podcasting my gosh! Podcasting, can we buy a lighthouse?
1: <laughs> How much are lighthouses? Right, really? they can't be that expensive. What tier really? Patreon can get us a lighthouse? <laughs> uh, but I had a great time watching this. I, I loved the story. I, I have, um, what a great cast! Uh, mm-hmm. Jamie Lee and her mom Janet both in this film. Uh, Janet still looking insane insanely old. That's mean. Jen, Janet Lee looking old with Jamie in this while well, she's also in like H2O with Jamie, but also yeah. old in that. I was so confused. So I, th- I thought she'd seem a lot younger, but it was just baffling. I was like, oh, Janet's in this, but she also looked exactly the
0: same mm-hmm. that she did in H2O. Ageless, ageless mm. between 1980 and 2000. <laughs> Um, my only memory, really, I remember liking the fog, and I it's been I last time I logged it was 2017, so I'm due for a rewatch for sure. Now that it's out in 4K, I think there's a 4K disc floating around. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jamie Lee Curtis gets picked up to start the movie as a hitchhiker, right? And then she, she has, uh, has whoopies with the guy that picks him up, picks her up
1: right away. But also, she lies to him and said she's never been hitchhiking before, and she's like, "Are you a creep?" <laughs> but then she like. Let's it slip that she's been hitchhiking from since like California or something. Oh my God. Uh, anyway,
0: she's great. Hi- too. I mean, hitchhiking is one of the most bonkers things to ever exist. In my I don't opinion. have, I don't have the guts for it. Um, let's give out our free year of litterbox pro. Okay. Uh, folks that shared the show on social media. Um, I'm actually going to change it up a little bit. But oh. if you shared the show on social media in the past, you were automatically entered to win a free year of Letterboxd Pro. And Tom McKiernan shared the show this week. Found my favorite new hashtag movie podcast while on my Dune back catalog binge. Great to right. have differing opinions from the 70mm hmm. crew. Interesting. Makes for a much better podcast than the Ooh. single host ones uh, I usually listen to. And... uh the artwork drool emoji so welcome aboard tom glad to have you i remember when the dune episode happened it was like our most popular episode at that time and we were chuckling at the idea of new listeners trying the (laughs) podcast and the new dune movie episode was their first listen
1: Mm. listen we liked that movie
0: forged in fire (laughs) your friendship (laughs) so I was going to change it um, I know that s- some folks tag their reviews 70mm pod when they watch movies alongside of us so for anyone that does that and is listening you watch, you try to watch along with us tag your reviews 70mm pod and then those folks will get entered to win a free year Letterboxd oh. Pro it gets rid of ads you can see where movies are streaming um, and you get some year end stats as well so just remember to add that tag when you log the movie a Haunt-Vember, next week's Proto's pick. I'm shaking in my boots, but for now, his house.
2: Proto, what's this movie about on Netflix? Ball and Rahl are Sudan refugees who escaped civil war and ultimately found asylum in London. They are given housing with very strict rules set in place for them. As they try to adapt to a new life in a strange place, they begin experiencing a dark presence within their house. Something has followed them from Sudan and won't stop until a secret debt is paid his house.
0: Our boy is in this matt smith oh my god doctor who doctor doctor himself remember when he was rumored to be in the rise Everything? of skywalker he was going to be like the palpatine's the of clone or some bs red herring got all of us the god lips us on that guy incredible lips mm-hmm. proto what do you remember about this movie is there any i know you talked about it last week was you did you
2: have any inkling about what this movie was about you saw you had some vibes in the past, right? Um, yeah I just remember when the trailer dropped uh, I think this was like a classic Netflix movie comes out of nowhere you, you don't hear of anything leading up to it and then like oh here's a trailer and it comes out tomorrow <laughs> kind of right. deal um, but yeah I just remember I don't remember when it came out but I remember seeing it and you know I'm not really I'm not one that jump on horror movies that's more of your job. So I think I just, I was the messenger, you know, and I was thinking about watching it, but you know, I I never, I never pulled the trigger on this. That's as far Uh as I got. Yeah, this was two
0: years ago. So I don't think, Danny, at that point, you were even really watching that much horror. No, definitely not. Uh, So you were like the godfather of horror for us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I watched it and I left a review. So I did hide my rating, um, but I remember... Obviously, spoilers. I liked it, but I remember being really shocked that this was the feature debut of the director, yeah, uh, Remy Weeks. That was kind of like my main thought.
1: And this was what Sundance. It was like Sundance Festival, and then before the festival started, Netflix bought the movie. Oh, really? Before it, it even premiered?
0: Oh, I didn't even know that. Which was wild. Yeah, it's. Was, I was like thinking about Netflix and how like movies get lost on there. They just put out so much now. Yeah. There's just so much on Netflix. I joked in the past about how I just like scroll Netflix for five minutes and then find something else to watch in a different app. Like some kind of (laughs) filth on Discovery Discovery Plus, Ghost Ghost Adventures, then watch anything. And I feel bad for some of these movies that just like get released. Like, yeah, you're on Netflix, but they only have so much promotion budget, marketing budget. You could just get dumped on there, and then who knows what happens?
2: Nothing, really. I wonder though if, like the average user, it, that's just what they do. It's like you, you know, you just you're get home from work, you just turn on Netflix and you find something to watch. Whereas mm-hmm. I feel like us who you know we we're looking for movies and kind of curating a list to watch. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't. I don't browse any streaming service. I think that's like psychotic at this point. <laughs> you know, like I, I never do that. <laughs> So that's not me, but I'm sure a lot of people, you know, that's how they find movies. Yeah.
0: Mm. So you're saying they should be institutionalized? Anyone who does that? Yeah, most of the population should be. (laughs) (laughs) There's like a thread between that statement and the mass brainwashing of (laughs) Kyle McLaughlin, I think, that you were talking about in the past.
2: Hey, me and Kyle, we've worked things out. That's
0: true. Mm. You have worked things out slowly. I remember in the Dune Pod Discord. I think uh, Jason shared a screenshot of your comments on Kyle McLaughlin on one of their channels, and there was somebody that commented like, "Who gives these people microphones?" <laughs> 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 uh, uh, let's see. So I'll go first. Please. I it, and it's you know it's kind of like a haunted house ish movie, mm-hmm. but this is like a flip script a little bit. It, that it, one of the three things that I love about this movie is that it's he's haunted. Like they are haunted by something. It's it's it. For the most part, it's like something is up with this house. They lost their daughter in the journey over from war torn uh, Sudan. I think it is right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like it's getting even worse for them now. They lost their kid, and now they're in a haunted house. Like oh my god, this is terrible. But it's it's them. It's him that's really haunted by it. And the story unravels. So this is the second time I've seen this. So watching it, I was able to kind of like see their, like, look at at it a different way because as you find out later in the movie, spoilers, obviously, you know, it wasn't really their daughter that they lost. That was a a, a girl they almost like took in the heat of war Mm -hmm. to try to get the hell out. And they thought she was alone, wasn't the case. So it kind of like gives a double meaning to everything at that point. But I love that. I love that. It wasn't just a haunted house. Mm-hmm. It was something more than that.
1: I like that you put it that way. I didn't think of it as him being haunted. I, I just it just kind of sat with the fact that it was a haunted house. But saying that he's haunted makes all the more sense. Uh, it's a different perspective to look at it, too. Um, mm. And it, it was a great little bamboozle, too, in the beginning, especially when um, they first get to that kind of suburb Uh, projects type area in London Um, because I, I I was just waiting for it just to be um, a race issue. Um, Mm -hmm. Like the whites were going to be the piece of shits that they are. But uh, it, it was interesting how it kind of slowly, the slow burn of this and the slow reveal of why they're haunted, I thought was a little bit brilliant.
2: Yeah, I guess that makes so much sense, but I didn't really think of that either is that, you know, he's haunted uh rather than the house itself. Um and I and I love the little uh like explanation of it um where uh Rawl says at one point like the, you know, the apath is mm-hmm. here or mm-hmm. you know, a, a night witch um which I wish we got more of, you know. I I I've never heard of that before. But anytime I hear like a new word like that, like yeah. I like sit up in my chair and I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> here we go. And I, I just wish they got into more of that, like an explanation as to like what that means or you know, like the history behind that, if there is any. Because like just even that word and like night witch was triggering yeah. me. I was like all in. Danny, what's your number one? Well,
1: my number one kind of goes in the same vein as that. I was. Uh, incredibly surprised, impressed, I guess, with Remy's ability to fuse like, to fuse this ghost story, haunted house story, with an actual like moving and impactful story of their kind of uh, refugee, um, the refugee story as well. Because it's like, uh, it really reminded me of how I felt watching City of God and the watching a story that I don't really know like much about that kind of situation. And then this it's like uh, watching um, in the South Sudan with the, the the wars between the tribes and people just trying to flee this um, to throw that into a horror story that dealt with um, the guilt and the grief of what they're dealing with. I thought was just insane. Like I'm really enjoying this new, like as much as I like the eighties kind of horror movies, the current kind of status of telling horror movies through the perspective of trauma or something that is way more personal that we can connect with, uh, I think is some exciting stuff like this Mm -hmm. and get out really came to mind thinking of get out with this. Uh, it's just, it's just brilliant.
2: Yeah. It's more, it's like, it's less that you're going to a haunted place or someone is like hunting you. And it's more of um, like, there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Like you are the right. thing um, that is causing some horror to happen, which is cool.
0: Yeah. It reminded in my initial review, I kind of like compared it to hereditary because I think hereditary was one of those like prestige horror Where it makes you like, whoa, there's like a different level of horror movies that are attainable. Um, And that one, like these feel like they're in the same area. They're almost like, I don't want to say like smart horror. Because it's kind of like, I'm not meaning that as like an insult to other 80s horror. But you're not really going to see this type of horror in the 80s. Yeah. Like it wasn't popular, probably, or nobody wanted to see it.
1: Yeah. And it kind of bums me out a bit that this is... On Netflix, because if you put it on a A24 ticket, then this is going to be like talked about like we talk about hereditary and it's Mm -hmm. not going to fall in the wayside of a million Netflix movies.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, two years ago, this would have been so cool to have like, you know, one of those studios attached to it do like some pretty cool campaign, cool release, get some people behind it.
1: Yeah, because Netflix picking this up right away means we're not getting theatrical, right? This
0: wasn't a theatrical run at all, Mm -hmm. which is a bit of a bummer. Proto, what's your number one?
2: Uh, My number one is really the performance from the two leads. Um, The movie is pretty much, outside of Matt Smith, it's just them them two playing these lead characters. Um, And there's a lot of tension between them in terms of like just the, the different themes um, that's being displayed. And the one that I really liked was uh, his desire to assimilate to like this new life while she was kind of like clinging to her old life and her culture and like her people. Um, And that tension between them. I just thought like the, their performances were so good in this. And it felt, I mean, it felt so authentic. They were so expressive, just like, especially like with the horror stuff that I, I thought that was just really, really great. Mm-hmm.
0: Their first scene together, I caught this time when he's waking up from the nap and she's sitting with him and he's just like using his hand to kind of like rub her shirt fabric. Mm. I just thought that was so adorable, just like the <laughs> two of them together, just like this minutiae moment that like maybe a married couple would do together. you know there's no reason otherwise to have that on screen, and maybe most directors wouldn't even think to show that, but it just gives this kind of like slight connection between the two that you know it you're right, it covers over
2: through the rest of the movie I mean the meeting dinner together, yeah, there was a I also like the part where I think when he first sees um their daughter. He kind of like freaks out a little bit and it's like, whoa, like he's surprised. But then there's a a great moment where um, Rawl, she, I think she like looks through the front door, looks out the window and she sees her daughter. And all she does is like sighs, almost as if she was like expecting it. it. And I felt like that, that just like that little bit there, it just, it gave like so much in terms of where, how differently they both felt about this, their circumstance and maybe what happened in the past. So there was like a lot of storytelling um in those little moments. One other note that I had was there was a few times
0: like Matt Smith, you almost like you're right, you would expect Matt Smith to be douchey or any other of the white characters. Mm-hmm. Like remember when there was that one guy on the street, like he was had the like thick accent. He's like, Oi, you <laughs> one of those refugees? <laughs> I got something for you and it was like uh-huh. actually a good thing. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. It wasn't him getting knifed in the alley or something.
1: I really kept waiting for the shooter drop. With, yeah. Before the twist. It's like which one of these white neighbors are like it just felt like what is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then the 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 people the few people that actually were rude to them. Were the black kids of London, which I thought was a fascinating take. Yeah. They were really rude to her in the when she's looking for directions for the the doctor. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is because they told her to go back where she came from, and I'm like, man,
0: fascinating. Yeah, remake. many layers, many yeah. layers to this. Also, like Matt Smith, even when the, he comes to tell them, like, I want a different house, and they're all like, your house is bigger than my house. Yeah, like this is going to be big trouble for you. if you want to leave that house. Like, are you sure you want to do this? And they were like, at every turn, or at least Matt Smith, you know, he's trying to help, uh, which I thought was fascinating. So my number two is, like, what I said earlier, like, this is a feature feature debut for Remy Weeks. I think, yeah, Remy Weeks. I, I couldn't believe that this is someone's feature debut. Right. So many cool moments, like, when he's having visions of the creature um, in the darkness and they're having these conversations with the fire lit, so cool. He's eating dinner and the camera pulls back and he's like in the water again from their yeah. journey where they lost their quote unquote daughter. The conversation at the end of the movie, which is my one of my favorite movie moments probably the last few years where he gives that speech. Of, you know, Matt Smith asks like, how you are you doing? Are you still seeing that demon? Uh, and he explains why he's not.
1: Your ghosts follow you. They never leave. They live with you. It's when I let them in, I could start to face myself.
0: But then you see the refugees, like, in the room with them in various shots. Like, they're staying with him. Like, all the trauma is still with him, but he's, like, maintaining it and keeping it ba- I I couldn't believe that, like, that depth was in this movie. And I still can't believe it, really. Yeah, that was one of my notes,
1: was the ending of this. I was I was waiting for like some something else. I don't know what I was waiting for. This doesn't follow like a typical horror movie, but the fact that when it pulls out of the rooms and it shows their daughter, and then it flips around and shows them standing there with the refugees. But we saw the refugees so many times throughout the the episode as like the zombie kind of ghoulish type figures, Mm -hmm. but now that they've defeated the witch, they're still there. And it's suggesting that their torment is still going to be with them through their grief and shame, but they still have to work through it. And that's how they end the movie, which was impressive.
2: Yeah. Yeah. In terms of like a directorial uh, debut, you know, there's a lot of like effects in this, And I appreciated how they just, you know, really went for it. I would say like, you know, like the the CG stuff, like some of it's like B tier, but it's, 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 it's told. So like, it's used like with such confidence um, and it's like consistent throughout the movie that it didn't really bother me. Like there's some shots. It's like, all right, this, like, it doesn't look great, but it didn't really like bother me either. Mm. I don't know if I'm just getting like numb (laughs) to yeah, like yeah, this yeah. kind of world of CGI that we have. And I just kind of expect it now in movies. Um, it kind of, this kind of reminded me of that movie um, Salam that I watched oh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago where it kind of did the same thing. Like it kind of, you know, just went for it with like this, you know, uh, you know, B level uh, CGI, but I, you know, I, I liked it. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought it was like consistent and, you know, it's like a lot of bold choices in this. Um, And and I think like some of the the shots are so creative. Like yeah, like that that shot of him sitting at the table as the camera pulls out, he's Mm -hmm. like in the ocean. It's so it's so cool. Yeah, Danny, number two.
1: One. uh, This kind of goes hand in hand with the shots, but I was quite taken with how well the horror scenes um, were made. The the light switch going on and off, revealing. Uh, the things in the shadows the 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 stuff behind the walls him pulling out the rope that's turning into seaweed that ends up being oh, the yeah. doll there's so much of the horror that's in this i keep saying horror but it's really I don't know it felt it was had its moments where it was kind of scary but also it, it looked great and the monster's been brought up a couple times the witch and I had to look it up It's actually an actor. It's a guy named Javier Botet, and he's a 6'6'' actor. He was in a suit, like, laying on top of uh, Chopin in that scene. That suit
0: is disgusting.
1: It's disgusting. It's this really (laughs) tall actor playing the monster. And I I just, I don't don't know. I really loved how well the horror was handled in this because it could have gotten way out of hand, I think. But I mm. felt like it was really kept tight, especially when you're only following the two leads this whole time, to keep adding in the refugees, the daughter running around in that creepy ass mask. Um, it just—it's just really well done. The horror aspects of
0: this. How about when he uses—he like pushes his freak hand into Stop. his I, I arm? Had to, I covered my he's... eyes. <laughs> yeah, it was. Nice. I physically that was so covered
1: foul. my eyes. Oh my god! <laughs> I could not get enough of it.
0: Yeah, I I did see some reviews that were like not so high on the creature reveal at the end. I, I still I loved it. I think it I felt looks like good. it was like a slow burn to the point where you're leading up. I mean, it is pretty slow, the first like half yeah. two thirds. It's definitely so, a slow burn. Yeah. It's extremely slow.
1: The guy that played the monster is gonna be the Slender Man in the Slender Man movie.
0: Oh.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. bro, <laughs> what'd you think of the creature? Um, yeah, I thought it was cool. Yeah, I didn't, I don't really have anything else to say, but yeah, I, I thought it was good and I I like the slow burn too. I think that, like that approach with horror movies, it just fits so well, you know, Mm. like you gotta give it a a slow burn, I think. Um, A slow burn. A slow
0: burn in an hour and a half movie.
2: (laughs) I mean, it was (laughs) like slow, but it moved at a quick pace. Yeah. Proto, what's your number two? My number two is, I think my favorite scene in the movie, I think it's when, um, when ball goes into like a catatonic state oh um, my God. and then um, his wife can escape from the house. I think she like goes out a back window. Oh yeah. And then like suddenly she's back in Sudan and she's greeted by her friends um, and they, they take her into a room and she's talking to them and, and she realizes like, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not really here. And then it cuts to her. Um, it cuts to uh, Ball like looking for her, coming into the room, and like she comes out of a cabinet, and everyone in there is dead, like they were killed. So she like hid in this cabinet and survived a massacre in this room, and like that that the storytelling in that scene was just like mm-hmm. was so good, like that like the, the just the 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 formation of that, and just like the way it was revealed, and then them trying to escape and like hiding on the roof. Um, while the where the guys with the guns walk by, um, I just thought that that scene was like really powerful. And in when in thinking of going through something traumatic, and then having to you know relive it over and over again, um, like that that scene really communicated that so well. Mm. Also, her performance
0: too, while talking with the like the demon ghost versions of her friends like asking about her daughter and her crying during that entire scene and them like offering a deal like you cut open your husband we'll bring your daughter back my third one will is right after that when they finally show the backstory of the daughter you know they get up to the bus there's not enough room they're panicking you know there's gunshots coming like right behind them and he sees a daughter a girl a young girl and that could be their ticket on to the bus and it happens
1: mm-hmm. and
0: then seconds later you see the mom realize what happened Mm-mm. like this is one of the most chilling scenes yeah. <laughs> that i can remember it's so real it's so visceral that like this is real life like th- we're seeing like what's going on in this area in many areas and i, I, I like it still stopped me by tracks on this feeling. Mm-hmm. like imagine being that no. mother imagine being them
1: And having to
0: like deal with that trauma of what you just did. It's insane. It's crazy. It's it's definitely insane. And it just,
1: it goes to show like the brilliance of this movie where we've already sat with the horrors of this house that they're dealing with. And to be presented the reason why the witches haunted them, to watch the horror of this scene makes everything, I don't know. It was this scene gave me the chills when the when you realize not just that they that this is what his theft was his him stealing this girl that's why the witch is attached to them like this was his theft from the Sudan but to watch the mother <laughs> lose her child as well like this was a horrific scene and I think the mom is sitting in that room with her, it, when she transports back to the whatever classroom that was, I think you can tell by the forehead, uh, her forehead scars. Oh, she's one of the women sitting with her. Anyway, mm. incredible scene, incredible yeah. moment in this film to have the whole story come full circle.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, also because you know, by no no fault of their own, if like if they could talk to that mother and things went differently, like if their daughter survived and made it to England with them, I'm sure their mother would be like, well, like it sucks that you took my daughter, but thank you for saving her life. But the fact that she dies on the way there, it's like, man, like maybe she would have lived if she stayed You know, Mm -hmm. so like you, you think, and I'm sure like, you know, you can imagine that them playing that story in their head, like, well, like trying to justify it. Like, well, she was going to die anyway. Like, oh yeah, it sucks that she died, but we gave her her best chance anyway. And it saved my life. So I have like the guilt of that, but I was, I was doing the best thing I could. And just like that, that tug and like that mental gymnastics you would be playing with yourself for the rest of your life, Mm -hmm. trying to justify what you did. (sighs)
1: I kept thinking about every time they said we are good people as well. Like that. We're one one of the good ones. We're one of the
0: good. Yeah. That all started to make sense. We're not like them, but we can be. (sighs) Oh my God. Danny, number
1: three. Gosh, we've gone through so much of it. I have a little bit of a gripe for my third. I wanted more of the Night Witch or whatever they called him. Mm. Uh, I kind of, there was so much about that story when she first tells the folklore when they're sitting there. And uh, and you finally see him at the campfire when he has the candle lit in the room trying to call out the witch. And you see the eyes glowing in the back. There was something, there's just something I wanted more from that aspect. And I don't, I don't know what it could have been, but seeing the, seeing the Night Witch more is, I kind of wanted that. And it kind of bummed me out that we only got the final... Reveal
2: of him coming through the ground and attacking a ball. I wanted more of that um, as well, just fleshed out a little bit more. Two-hour um, movie.
0: It's a two-hour movie at that point. It's fine.
2: That's fine. That's fine. Make it ma- fine. if it makes it a better movie. Um, <laughs> I mean, that kind of bleeds into my my uh, my final point. Bleed. And I think it's more of this is more of like a thing like I'm realizing with movies like this, movies that are like centered around like grief or trauma or a thing that happened in the past is that I feel like I have a disconnect with these type of movies because the thing that's happening in the background, like that that thing like the character is is dealing with is, is the main part of the movie. And it, it, it's like where the meat of the movie is. And the thing in the foreground, like the actual story in front of what's going on it, is kind of like a lesser part and I feel like that the, that like the background stuff overtakes the story of the thing like I'm that I'm watching happen and it like it these movies, it feels like it relies on you connecting with what the character is feeling and going through.
1: Mm.
2: And mm-hmm. I mean I, I'm fortunate enough that like I don't have like any experience in my my life like that that is like very traumatic or something that like haunts me. so I I don't. I can't like relate to that. Right. So often when I watch these kind of movies, um, like I, I feel like there's like a disconnect or like something I'm not getting. And I know like these are seem like the movies that like Slim, like you love, right. and and we've we've like talked about this a lot. Like I think of. That, that Joaquin Phoenix movie, <laughs> you were never oh really here God. And like, I don't get that movie at all. Like it does nothing for me. And you love that. And I feel like this movie falls in like that same category of where I like, I just like have this disconnect with what's right. going on. And, and like, I, it kind of like loses me for that reason. It's, it's
0: funny you say that because in a rare turn of events, I sent Amanda the after Yang episode oh, to no. listen to, and she listened to it. And she said the same thing about you, Proto. She had the same realization. She's like, maybe Proto has never gone through something like that. Where, like, that was her reasoning for your your final thoughts. And I think you're both right. I mean, that's what fine. What
1: Patreon tier? Can we do to get Proto a traumatic experience?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to traumatize Proto for a small fee? Trainers is ga- trainer says he'll do it. Well, he's been doing it since he joined <laughs> That's the Discord.
2: He's been trying.
0: <laughs> I was trying to think. It's probably true. The, maybe the Baba Duke episode was probably looking back, maybe similar.
2: And I'm wondering. Yeah, of course. What
0: was, What's your rating for Hereditary? What did you think of Hereditary? Because you've seen that,
2: right? Yeah, I mean, I try to forget that movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> trying to block out three star experiences. Yeah. I think that was before. I I, th- I have that watch. I don't think I like left a review for that. Oh. Um, that might have been before I was like writing reviews. Um, yeah, yeah, but I I agree with you.
0: I think that those kind of like subtext movies could be a, a slight disconnect for people. Um, my honorable mentions, I guess I uh when the monster is like about to kill him, he's got his greedy little hands up his arm skin. Stop, Stop. And she. Makes the decision to step in and help. I love that scene. Yeah, you yeah, see her yeah. hand go for the knife behind it. Holy smokes, that was rad! You said
1: arm skin. I hate you. It's disgusting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> was I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Uh, so final rating for me. I had this logged as five stars. I loved it. I had a great time rewatching it. Um, I forgot to Google to see what Remy Weeks is doing next because Remy, what, I'm what yours. What is he doing? baby it's got to be done um, something right i'm keeping it at 5 stars for his house it loved it great experience watching danny honorable mentions final rating
1: um honorable mentions let me see i mean Chopin and moon moon me uh are incredible actors and i'm excited for more that they do uh, I'm with you. This is a great movie. I thought the story itself was brilliant. Uh I wanted just a little bit more from the 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 witch. Uh so I'm sitting at four stars for this.
0: Four stars
2: for his house. And now the three star reveal from Pro. <laughs> uh honorable mentions. I think you had this in your first review, Slim. Uh hit um balls uh like final words at the end he says something like ghosts don't live they live with you when you see all the people in the room with him um I just I love that line and just like that that idea um was really cool but yeah I'm at three stars uh I think it's a good a good movie
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I probably put that quote in earlier just dropped it in um great line love it love it love it his house. We're we're flying through Vember. It's going too fast. If I can be frank with you both. Slow it down. It's flying through. We're so close to Halloween ends, it's not even funny. I keep forgetting we're doing that. <laughs> yeah, same. I don't know if I'm mentally ready for that. I know, seriously. Uh, the artwork has been dropped. Cripes oh, alive. Yeah. This mask. The for this episode. It's disturbing. Imagine if he used the arm sleeve. No. (laughs) still Arm sleeve. We do have a letter. You can shoot us one at 70mmpod at gmail.com. This comes from Brian. Prison month when? Question mark. Lol. Hey, 70M, it's Brian. Sorry to be so heavy, but I have been struggling lately with my visual impairment brain tumor. But listening to the pod weekly brings me great happiness and laughter. I just felt like sharing how awesome you all are for being great hosts. I give you five stars whenever I can. Thanks for reading. (laughs) Just one of your many supporters, Brian. Horror movie recommendation, The Ritual on Netflix.
1: The Ritual? The
0: Ritual.
2: Let me check this out here. I've seen this going around. Hold, please.
1: Pause for editing.
2: Pause for searching. 2017,
0: your darkest dream awaits you. A group of college friends reunite for a trip to the forest, but encounter a menacing presence in the woods that's stalking them.
2: Oh God. Okay. Okay. I reunite with people in the woods too much. I think they'll watch this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much for the letter, Brian. And thanks for reminding me, Danny. Glad we can help any way we can. And you know what's going to help even more? Pardo's pick for Hawn Vember. You know mm-hmm. it. You know it. Where could it go wrong? <laughs> where possibly <laughs> oh, could boy. we go wrong? There's been a lot of talk about this. We were talking about this on Art of Vacation. You gave like, options to us. Where yeah. where do we stand after that period of
2: time? Yeah. Well, I put it out there. I um I actually made a, a list um of my potential picks. Um, and I am I am picking one of those movies from this list. Oh gosh. Um I decided, um, you know, I wanted to maybe, maybe, maybe someone would say play it safe. I wanted to return to the master uh, of horror. Which one? You know, you know his name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's so many.
2: <laughs> Come on. We all know it. Clive Barker. Oh. 1987. The year of my birth. Mama he came out with a movie. Mia. Iconic monster. Hellraiser. Hell cannot believe it. Oh my God. Uh, I've never seen it. I've never
0: seen
1: either. It scared me so much as a kid in the VHS store blockbuster seeing this pinhead. Yes. Yes. I couldn't do it. I wanted like, I like held the like VHS tape just to like rub my finger over the image to see if I could
0: feel the pins. (laughs) It just like freaked me out so much as a kid. I, I think I walked in on this movie I don't know That's who was movie. watching it but it looked like I was watching horror porn like I didn't know what horror <laughs> porn was at that time but oh I was wondering gosh. what I was watching it felt s- horrifying and sexy at the same time <laughs>
1: my gosh
2: Hellraiser. I just remember watching, um, like on a VHS tapes, where, you know, where they'd have like promos from whatever studio. I don't know who put out Hellraiser, but clips of Hellraiser showing the yeah. you know Pinhead would always appear, and it would freak me out. Freaky. And that's my main memory of, of this. This is streaming on many places. Chains. Streaming on Prime,
0: streaming on Shudder, Pluto, Tubi, and our library friends Hoopla. Oh my gosh. My library won't even wouldn't let me rent Creepshow. It said it was like too, like they wouldn't let me rent that rated movie. It was like too scary or something. But they have it offered. Yeah, my library wouldn't wouldn't let me do it.
1: One look at you, they wouldn't let you rent it.
0: (laughs) Crash says, "Don't watch it on Shutter. It looks horrible." Oh, Mm. all right, maybe try Amazon Prime or Pluto or Tubi. New Hellraiser comes to Hulu this Friday too. That's right. So by the time this episode is out, there's a new Hellraiser on Hulu. Uh, So anyway, the description for Hellraiser, an unfaithful wife encounters the zombie of her dead lover while the demonic Cenobites (laughs) are pursuing him after he escaped their sadomasochistic underworld. What? Do you believe? (laughs) Is this the greatest month in the history of this podcast? I ask. <laughs> We're going to have to put like the podcast art behind that like black plexiglass. Paper bag. Yeah. Oh, brown man. paper bag. <laughs> got bag my art. Oh my God. That'd be hilarious. You'd have to like swipe over to remove the bag on it Are Instagram. you 18 or older? <laughs> Disclaimer. What is Proto unleashing into the village this week? <laughs> <laughs> All right. What an app. Hellraiser next Eesh. week. I think, if I remember correctly, there's like nine Hellraiser movies. Remember when Chuck Ooh. from Bat and Spider went yes. through and he almost like jumped off a bridge? Yeah. After trying to wash them all? I really felt bad for him. Doing the Lord's work. <laughs> <laughs> My God, look at all these. Yeah, there's like one, two, three, four, five. There's five Hellraiser bo- Oh my God, there's more. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 Hellraiser movies. Oh my God. Mount
1: Clive, please.
2: Milk it.
0: <laughs>
2: the milk master it. of
0: art does it again. <laughs> Just milking it. Uh, Proto, closing thoughts for this week as
2: we continue our horrific journey through Haunt Oh man, it, it feels good to be back in October. Um, and we're having a heck of a time. And, I mean, the best might be yet to come. Halloween ends? This could make or break everything. I mean, we all listen to our double feature app. (sighs) (laughs) Sigh
0: from Proto to end it. We'll see everybody next week for Hellraiser. 70mm is a tape deck production featuring original artwork provided by Danny Haas. Spiritual Guidance and Vija, the robot who loves movies, provided by Pertalexis. Producer at large, Dale underscore A. Transcripts provided by Sophie Shin and music composed by Cinematric. Prints and other merch are available on 70mmpod.com. This episode was mixed, edited, and produced by me slim support our patreon for access to our vhs village discord to talk movies with new friends access to our exclusive episodes in the 70mm vault discounts on merch uncut episodes and a physical membership card mailed to you to check out other tape deck podcasts find the link in the episode notes and if you'd like to support our friends at letterbox and upgrade to pro or patron status You can do so with a 20% off discount using the links on 70mmpod.com. Goodbye. This, this, This is a Tape Deck Podcast.